This is the SSBI podcast. This is all about Microsoft Power BI. My name is Lars Schreiber. Happy Moin from Hamburg, Germany, and welcome to this expert's talk of the SSBI podcast. My guest today, and now you better sit down, is Adam Sexton from Gynecube. We will talk about personal branding, self-motivation, and the passion for learning. I'm really happy to welcome you to my show. Hello to Texas. Yo, Adam. Yo. How's it going? <laughs> I always wanted to do that. <laughs> yes. Good. You're happy. It's the fun bit. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're you're very much welcome, um, Adam. I, I just can't say you and Patrick have literally become the face of the Power BI community. So I'm not exaggerating when I say that it has become almost impossible um, to deal with Power BI and not to know you. Um, you you hit the 100,000 subscribers on YouTube recently. You and Patrick managed almost half of the Power BI's birthday party a couple of days ago. Um, how does that feel? Is it surreal? It is. It's it's rewarding in the sense that all of the hard work that we've put in is is evident in what we do. And um, I honestly, I, I truly, I do not necessarily think about it in that way. Uh, we love doing it, um, and we love uh, the opportunities that we have to contribute uh, both to the community to the product and uh, just personally to ourselves, right? So it's rewarding for us. We love doing it. We love interacting with people and educating folks. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a thrill. I, I will tell you that. Um, so. Can't imagine. I, I can tell you that it's even a thrill to do this podcast together with you. I was pretty nervous uh, five minutes ago. Oh, so yeah. I, 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 I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. We're to just having a conversation. That's it. Yeah, this is what I try. Uh, but as I said in the beginning, um, in a language which is not my mother tongue. So, um, yes, yeah, that, and that's impressive. That's that's, that's a impressive. whole different story. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, when I when I researched that right, you created Gynecube back in 2014 in December, I think. Yeah, and that was the first upload that that I did. Yeah, and and you're working together with Patrick to expand this this brand, right? Gynecube is a brand. Yes. Yeah, it, it developed into that, and uh, it was I I did not when I started Guy in a Cube, um, and and people always ask where did that even come from, and it was I was actually in a cubicle in support working for Microsoft, uh, so I was literally a guy in a cube or a cubicle. <laughs> uh, some people say, oh, I thought it was an analysis services cube, and I'm like, no, actually, I didn't think about that. That's kind of cool, but. I don't know how someone would be in the cube uh, from that perspective, but it was a, it was an actual cubicle. If you go back and look at the original videos, like I'm actually in the cubicle yeah, uh, in the office in uh, Las Colinas, Texas. And um, so that, that's where it came from. But uh, yeah, it was uh, Patrick. We brought Patrick on or I brought Patrick on. Uh, it was around 2017. So a couple of years after uh, I started. So Uh, and, and a lot of that developed because he and I had known each other uh, for a while just through uh, – we actually met through the SQL community. Uh, I believe it was past Summit. Um, and then once he started getting into Power BI, he would call me up and like just ask me questions about how stuff worked. And we'd normally – it got to the point where we were talking to each other every morning for like 45 minutes, like going through stuff and just seeing how the families were doing and everything. And finally, I just asked him, like, dude, why don't you just – do the video stuff with me. And that is how that turned out. So, But what you're doing is, is really a lot. The content you produce is um, amazingly much because you, you're doing the weekly roundup. You have uh, mm -hmm. Two Minutes Tuesday. You have the Tech Wednesday and Thursday. You're live streaming mm -hmm. a lot. Um, I think you, you started a couple of months ago. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you have been asked that for uh, hundreds of times uh, how you're organizing this. That's not what I'm interested in. But how, <laughs> do, uh, what motivates you and Patrick to do that? There are um, one, one thing I tell people if they try to get in, whether it's blogging or public speaking or 
anything that you want to do, don't get me wrong. This is work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, this is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> All right. This is, and, and I know, you know, this also with doing podcasts and blogging and whatnot, it, it, it's work. Sometimes there you go through highs and lows, right? Sometimes you're really motivated other days. It's a struggle, but you got to push through that. And the big thing for us is we've always, both of us have been very passionate about uh, engaging with the community and teaching people what we know. Um, so we have a love for that. And, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, we both started out just doing regular public speaking and I always loved doing that. Um, I got into blogging at some point uh, and then naturally that came into doing video content as well. And uh, there are two big passions in my life right now, uh, outside of my family and my wife, uh, that is Power BI and video. So I love the I, I love everything about Power BI and the technology itself. And then on the video side, I love like production and uh, all the gear and like all the intricacies of actual video production itself. So color grading and all the audio aspects and, you know, computers in general. And so the ability to marry those two together into the Gynacube YouTube channel is, it's a dream, right? So I've, I've married both of my passions. And the fact that we've been going, we're coming up on six years, and the fact that we've been able to do it for this long and cranking out as much as we have, it's because that passion is there and the community around it as well, not just the Power BI community, but also the Gynacube community that's developed as a part of that has, it, it fuels us in what we do. Uh, so we, we just keep going. And the comments that we get on things where people tell us about how, you know, it's helped them either get a new career out of it or to get them a promotion in their career or just take their skills to the next level. And that's, that's amazing. And, and to, to realize that you have that kind of impact on someone's life is incredible. Uh, it's not something I ever really dreamed about or thought about, but it's the byproduct of, of what people do. So I, I always tell people, I encourage people, if you can give back to people, whether it's blogging or teaching or, or something else, I'd, I always love when people try to do that. And I know not everyone succeeds and that's okay. Um, but you know, if you try and do that, like I major kudos for, for stepping out of your comfort zone and doing that. Hmm. And, and sharing your knowledge is, can also be a selfish thing because uh, you usually learn a lot by doing this. Oh yes. Creating stuff yeah. or answering questions. Uh, what I learned uh, over time is that people ask questions you would have never thought about. So even mm -hmm. if you can answer them pretty quickly, uh, the, that would have never come to your mind. So it's it's always yep. rewarding to do that. I'm I'm the first person that will tell you I don't know something. And I'll I'll freely admit I don't know everything. And we get uh, I know on the live streams we've been doing, we do Q&A on the live streams and uh, uh, Rishi, one of the guys in the community, he made a comment of Because there were some folks that were commenting on the fact like, oh my gosh, just listening to the questions and the answers uh, that Adam and Patrick are giving, it, it makes them feel like, wow, we don't know anything. And we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Rishi made a comment of, uh, he said something like, man, these guys get off the wall questions. <laughs> like these are like really left field questions where... You know, that's not normally what you have to deal with. So um, we, we see a lot of both in our roles from our day job perspective and then with Gynacube, we see a lot of different aspects of the product that most people just never have to deal with. And so that's, uh, that's it's always interesting from that standpoint. But I 100% agree with you on uh, the, the learnings that we get from either doing the videos or doing uh, like putting together a session for a conference. Uh, it always pushes us to learn more about the product because we're putting together the demos and you know, the scripts and making sure things work or how do they work. Um, so it always pushes us forward to do that. Hmm. And um, I almost forgot to mention one thing. You're not only doing your um, YouTube channel, you're also creating on-demand video courses on Power BI. So this is even more yep. stuff you create. Do you want to yes. say something about that? 
Yeah, so we've, we've started putting together, we have two courses out right now. So we've got one, which is a beginner course, uh, just getting started with Power BI, the different aspects of it from working with your data to DAX to, um, you know, creating the report, publishing it to the service. So it's kind of a all-inclusive beginner course. Uh, and then we just released a course on real-level security. So it's more of a, it's a smaller course. It's not, uh, it's not going to take you a whole lot of time to get through it, but it was just going through the intricacies of role-level security. And then we've got, uh, we're working on, what, three more courses, hopefully by the end of this calendar year. So looking at administration and uh, consumption of Power BI, uh, things of that nature. So, so those are things that we're trying to do in addition to the YouTube channel as well. Yeah, that's that's a lot of work because you always yeah. have to keep that up to date. And uh, yes, you you know that better than me. Power BI is oh, changing yes. all the time. Yes, yes, it's 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 uh, it's not Power BI unless it's changed. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, it's uh yeah fire hose of, of feature updates. I, I've I've joked with folks of where like I've done some of the sessions I've done at conferences where I've got a demo, and typically in the demos I force it to break. So that I can show like, okay, this is the scenario that you've got and this is how we work around it or why you even hit this issue. And uh, the day before the session, I went to just go through the demos and I'm like, wait, it's working. Why is it working? Oh, they just did a deployment and they fixed it. Like, no, <laughs> that's my whole demo. <laughs> so, yeah, it happens. That's always the risk with Power AI. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think with your numbers on social media, on your YouTube channel, uh, I think you, you hit 100,000 subscribers, I think two months ago or, or something. Uh, and back now, in April. And, April. and, and yeah. now it's already 120,000, so 20% more. Uh, yeah, we're going to hit 123,000 as we're recording this, actually. Amazing. Um, so with these numbers and your reputation, the Power BI community, I think we can easily talk about great success, however you define success. So how does Gynecube, the brand Gynecube, define itself? And how important do you think it was to, uh, for your success to create this brand? Or does it emerge automatically when you create so much high-quality content? What do you think about it? So when, I, I will be honest, uh, when I did all of this, I, I was not that forward thinking. Uh, I honestly didn't think it was going to go I had no idea it would turn into what it is today. Uh, also, it, I mean, it goes into the actual, we, we get this question a lot of, it, well, it's guy in a cube, but there's two of you. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like that's because I wasn't thinking about it and it was just me. So I was like, guy in a cube and that's all it'll be. And I honestly thought I would get shut down at some point. Um, and, or like, I remember when, uh, I started it also, my wife, uh, Cause I asked her, I was like, Oh, I want to go out. I I'm, I'm the type of person where when I get started with something, I go all in. I'm not a, uh, Hey, let's test the water a little bit. I'm just, I'm a hundred percent committed. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that also means like, I want to buy all the best gear like right now, like without knowing anything. Yeah. And my wife, I was like, let me, I want to go buy this big camera and all. And my wife's like, Hey, how about we give it like six months and make sure <laughs> it's not a fad. And that you're actually going to stick with it. And I think it was two years into it or so. Uh, I was just like, yeah, I'm still doing it. And she's like, yeah, it's definitely not a fad. So um, the, and, and that was the fear. Or some of, some of the things going into it was like, yeah, I don't know how long this is going to go for. But we're, we're going to give it a try. And uh, so when, when I started it, though, uh, I, I'd actually been blogging, I think, once a week for about a year or so. And, uh, it got to the point where I, I was working in support at the time and they, uh, internally, we did a lot of video, we called them triages where we would get together. Uh, we would have this recording for people to learn internally, usually go for about an hour and it was all recorded. Uh, at the time we were using live meeting, uh, was it live meeting? Yeah. Live meeting before it became Skype for business reaching way back when, um, and, there was a lot of it where from a, from a support side of it, 80 to 90% of it was not confidential at all. It was just, how do you troubleshoot? How, you know, what do these errors mean? And, you know, how do you go through the logs? And so I, I started thinking to myself, I'm like, why don't we just 
put this out there? And why, why are we just keeping it internal when a lot of this information can help people? Uh, within support, they had, they called, the, there was a concept there called front of the funnel. And so this would be like blog posts, uh, KB articles, things that deflect incoming calls into support so that people can help themselves. Hmm. And when I was looking at the video piece, I was just like, man, why don't we just do this? Like, get it out there so people can discover it and find it. And so I said, All right, I'm just going to do some video. And so I struggled with, and, and there's there's a debate out there uh, in from a branding perspective of, do you use your uh, individual name as your brand or do you come up with an actual brand name? Uh, so you think of things like Nike, Adobe, Microsoft, uh, or yeah. do you do it as the individual, right? And so I was like, well, like I could do it as myself, but I wanted, yeah, I wanted to try something different. And I worked with, for, for folks in the SQL community, uh, they probably know the name Bob Ward. And uh, Bob Ward was just my a personal mentor and really good friend, and uh, he still is. And I actually sat next to him for, I don't know, eight, nine years in support in Texas. And so obviously I learned a lot from him. And we always joke around about, uh, you know, he was he was the technical leader in the group. And he's like, oh, you're always up on high, you know, us in the trenches. We have to do the work. We were just joking around. Uh, he always did a lot of work and he was a lot of the things that I emulate, I got from him uh, because that's how he uh, reacted to the community and teaching and things of that sharing knowledge. And uh, he would always, he was always joke. He's like, man, I'm just a guy in a cube doing the work. And so that I latched onto that as my personal mantra. And when I started the YouTube channel, I I looked at, it, I was like, dude, I'm like, do you care if I, I use guy in a cube? Like, just say I'm a guy in a cube. And he's like, man, I, yeah, go for it. And uh, I recorded a video with him a couple months ago, and we were talking about that. And he's like, man, I had no idea, like, you would take that and turn it into this. And I'm like, yeah, neither did I. Yeah. So, but, but we, yeah, but I, that, that was the thing, though, right? And that's, that's, the, that's the brand, right? And Patrick and I both are on the same page. Pat, Patrick, one of the reasons I brought Patrick on is he and I think so much alike. We we literally can finish each other's sentences. We know we can just look at each other and we know what we're thinking. Um, and uh, the the bond that we have on that front is really a little bit surreal. Uh, and I've heard other people comment like it's it's rare you can actually find that person that you uh, that you gel with or that you uh, can interact with in such that nature that. Um, it, it's honestly magical, uh, the, the interactions that we have and the way that we can do stuff. Um, and, but we, we both feel that way, right? The, we're, we're just, we're just people helping other people doing the work. And that's really the brand of Guy in a Cube. But you, you, um, and that, that's you, what we do. Uh, sorry. You both no, met, at, met Microsoft or have you been friends before? No, uh, we were friends before he joined Microsoft. So he was working at Pragmatic Works at the time that we met. We met at uh, one of the past summit conferences. Uh, I want to say 2009, maybe, is when we met. Uh, I honestly don't remember. He doesn't remember either. Yeah, uh, it was somewhere around there. And we, and we would uh, for a while, like we just knew each other from being at the conference, and so we would bump into each other at the conferences. And we didn't. Uh, I wouldn't say we were really good friends at that point. We knew each other, and we'd we'd hung out and. Um, you know what? We got along great. Um, and I mean, Patrick is just a super nice guy and any, anyone can go up to him and same with me, but uh, you can go up to him and strike a conversation and, um, he's very personable. And, uh, so we had, we'd just known each other through that. And then the, once he started doing power BI and we started talking a lot of, you know, he's asking questions. That's really when we got to know each other. Cool. Um, yeah. you, you were saying that uh, people are complaining about the the single law of guy in a cube, but it could have been worse. So um, good that you <laughs> good that you didn't make it uh, Adam Saxon in a cube. Otherwise, Patrick would have been <laughs> yeah. Would have yeah. Been well, a so other other what usually when people bring up like, oh, it's guy in a cube, but there's there's two of you. I'm like, that's not what's going to get you thinking. What will get you thinking is what happens if we ever bring on a woman onto guy in a cube? Uh, yeah. And will she have to shave her head? <laughs> That's the big question, right? Hopefully not. Uh, you never know. Um, 
It's something you definitely don't have to answer, but does Microsoft appreciate your hard work on YouTube in, in any way? Because Patrick and you are yeah, promoting the product. Um, mm -hmm. And I think most of the community wouldn't know the product without your YouTube channel. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would say they definitely, uh, they absolutely appreciate, uh, from, from James Phillips down, I mean, Arun, uh, Ulog, who's the VP for power BI. Um, I, I, I know they absolutely appreciate what we're doing. Um, they love what we do. Um, so yeah, hundred percent on that front. I, I would say we've actually structured it in a way where uh, Microsoft doesn't, they don't pay for any of it so everything we've done on the guy in a cube is on our own dime and it's our own time that we do so we do it outside of work hours um uh we we do it all on our own so i, I tell people because as a microsoft employee you get a free license it used to be the msdn subscription but now it's the visual studio enterprise um as a microsoft employee you get a personal uh copy of that hmm. uh, but i don't we don't use that for guy in a cube stuff so we we have a separation there of uh, we don't use any microsoft equipment or or items like that for guy in a cube um so we actually patrick and i had to go and personally purchase our own license copy of those items and we had to buy our own work laptops and so you know we've, we've just decided to do that so uh, to, um, to keep it to keep it separate yeah um, and uh, my boss on the Microsoft side, he's he's fully supportive of it as well. And he's even said, he's like, look, you know, I would love for you to, you know, 50% of your time to be guy in a cube doing that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I won't, though. So I, I do all of that outside of work hours. So I'm usually up very early in the morning, uh, usually 5 a.m. or so. Uh, and then uh, so I do everything in, early in the morning and then weekends and, and whatnot. So Crazy. Yeah, really, really crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's something you already mentioned. Communities about meeting people, right? It's always about. Absolutely. It's all about um, a common topic, Power BI in our case. But it, uh, community is always about people. So through your work at Microsoft for the Power BI Cat team, where you yeah deal with customers, of course, it's the customer advisory team, and uh, your work on your YouTube channel. Uh, I'm pretty sure you meet a lot of people and you have met a lot of people digitally and personally. So to, to what extent has this changed your life in a positive way? Oh, well, uh, I was doing, I was engaged with the community before Guy in a Cube. Um, so my first technical conference that I spoke at was in 2008 at Past Summit. And uh, I got to that's really where I got to know the community was at past summit and, uh, and then also getting on involved on Twitter from a social media perspective. I got to know a lot of the MVPs on the, the sequel side of the house. Obviously this was before this 2008, 2009, this was before power BI. And, uh, so I was working with reporting services, analysis services, uh, connectivity with SQL server and, uh, just getting to know the community from that standpoint. And, Uh, engaging with them, hanging out, uh, putting faces to names. And uh, I've, I've just, I've always been that kind of person. Um, I'm actually not, I'm actually an introvert uh, by nature. Uh, I'm perfectly content staying in my office at home and not going anywhere. I, I'm happy. Uh, Same with me. But yeah, uh, but it's weird. Like when I'm at a conference or at an event, I'm very social. More so than Patrick, actually. <laughs> like he even comes, he's like, you go do that. He's, you're fine. Um, and, uh, and I, I love those like short bursts of that and then I'm ready to go home. And, uh, so I, so I've always been willing to meet new people and, and find out like what they do and, you know, what their interests are. And, uh, so that, that just developed over time. And then the guy in a cube piece of this, it, it was a journey on the guy in a cube, but that took it to a whole other level, um, where uh it's a weird experience um i appreciate it and i understand you know why uh, that folks want to do this because they want to be a part of it um the the first time someone came up to me and asked for a selfie with me uh that was weird <laughs> i can't imagine because <laughs> like, yeah. i just i'd never experienced it before and um i'm like really with me so um so that that's it's a different 
it's a different experience to the point now. I remember the last uh, business application summit that we were at in Atlanta uh, was 2019. And like going across the expo floor, it was hard to uh, like people were always coming up to us and saying hi. Um, it was it was nonstop. Uh, it was very hard to actually cross the floor without bumping into people. Um, and, and one of the things I attribute to this, and also like, if you're going to start a YouTube channel, really, really think about, I know a lot of people are hesitant to actually get a camera and put their face on the video, but oh my Lord, that is so helpful. Like, can you imagine if Gynacube, we did the, um, we did all of our videos and our face was never on the video. Like how would people know who we were? Yeah. So, uh, so the fact that we actually put our face in the video, first off, it makes it more personable, mm-hmm. makes you feel like you're connecting with, with that individual. And it, uh, so now when we go out in public, like people recognize us cause they know, and actually sometimes they're like, wait, you, you look familiar and, and, or they know, they know us by Gynec Cube, but they don't know our real name. Um, so, so that going back to your question about branding on the name versus brand thing, that's one of the side effects of that. Um, I, I do remember also, uh, I was at Ignite, I don't know if it's 2018 or 2019 and I had just started wearing glasses uh, and I was wearing reading glasses, not prescription glasses, although I wear prescription now, um, because I got old (laughs) and the, uh, I wasn't wearing the, the glasses initially in the video. And, but when I was out in public, I would wear the glasses. Hmm. And so someone came up to me and they're like, man, you look familiar, but I can't picture it. I took the glasses off and they're like, oh my gosh, guy in a cube. And I'm like, wow, that Superman thing really works. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, who knew? It was the best disguise ever. Um, So yeah, so it's uh, the the fact that we're actually in the video really really helps from a brand perspective and Mm. uh, just getting to know folks. But the in terms of the benefits of uh, how it has uh, propelled us, has it has the branding helped us? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So actually, the fact that we are on the Power BI Cat team at Microsoft. I attribute that partly to Gynacube. Uh, and, and in fact, so Mark Gare, who's my manager on the Gynacube side, or not the Gynacube, on the Microsoft side, yeah. uh, he is he's an exceptional like manager and ability to hire people onto the team. Uh, so you're talking about folks like Phil Seamark, Chris Webb, Casper DeYoung, Matthew Roach, Patrick. Uh, so, I mean, it's I, I call it the A-team of like, these are the the folks that know the technology, right? Yeah. Um, and his ability to hire the, he, he really looked, he's like, I want the best people on this team. And when he first called me up, uh, he said, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I want, he wanted the guy in a cube stuff on the cat team because it, it benefits both, right? So it helps me from, you know, we're, we're going to work with the largest enterprise customers. We take it to the next level. It helps him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, obviously folks, I, I knew a lot, I was friends with a lot of the folks on the team at the time anyway. So they knew like, yes, he he does know what he's talking about. Um, and so, I, but I, I definitely think it it absolutely helped. So there's, there's no question about that. Um, it opens up a lot of doors for you. Um, and, and not, not just the brand, not just the doing YouTube, but going back to your point about meeting people and networking with people and making connections, um, absolutely do that from a career standpoint. That's one of the most important things you can do, uh, in, in building those, those connections. So when I started at Mike, I've been at Microsoft for almost 15 years now. Hmm. And the folks that I that I knew when I first started now have obviously we've all kind of risen up through the ranks and we're all in different areas in the company. Uh, and the, the fact that, you know, I can, I, I can reach out to them and, you know, they're in, uh, you know, important spots, whether it's in the SQL world or the BI world or whatever, um, you know, having those connections and, and ability to reach out has just helped uh, long-term and, and also outside in the community as well. Uh, knowing people at different partners and consulting companies and and whatnot is uh, it's definitely it definitely helps. Yeah, that's what I what I noticed too. Um, for me as a freelancer, of course, network is is key. Uh, but yes. 
when you when you deal with a community, you usually have not only people who are really um, knowing their business, but also are quite nice people. This is what I noticed. They are willing yep. to help, um, and they are uh, obviously um, intelligent. Otherwise, it's hard to deal with these data topics. And this is what I really like about the community: the the willingness to yep. help. That's amazing. And oh, I've loved it, uh, both on the SQL side and now on the Power BI side. It's I, people uh, always referred to the SQL side as SQL family, and now uh, it's PBI family. And I agree. It's even going like the big conferences. It's always like a family reunion and. Uh, most everyone I've engaged with is just really friendly and willing to help. And, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or, you know, if you're, you know, the, what I would say, the, the, you know, the big names in those communities. So on the SQL side, I think of people like uh, Paul Randall, Brent Ozar, Bob Ward, you know, it doesn't matter. You can walk up to those folks and just say hi and, you know, ask a question or whatever, you know, they'll always be willing to to talk with you. Sure. So the other thing people don't realize is sometimes like if we're prepping for a session or, you know, we're in the middle of doing something yet, we may not be able to talk to you in that situation. But in general, like if you see us out at, you know, just some event or something, you know, always, and I've always told people like, just walk up and say hi. Like, you know, it's, I, I know it's intimidating sometimes, but absolutely do it. Get to know those folks. Yeah. And the, what you mentioned about uh, putting your face on YouTube, this is exactly the reason or one of the reasons why I choose uh, to podcast because I've got the perfect podcasting face. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the same on my end. <laughs> like, so <laughs> it, it doesn't matter on the YouTube side, like the video. Uh, I, will, I will say right now, first and foremost, content is king. If you're trying to build a brand or you're trying to get uh, awareness to something, content is king, whether that's blogging, podcasting, uh, YouTube, whatever. Um, on top of that though, uh, I know podcasting is definitely, uh, has been going up in terms of awareness and, and reach and whatnot. Uh, but I would say video trumps everything right now. Um, video is definitely king out of all the content. It, some of that's my, my biased, uh, opinion, but I've also read that from a lot of other sources as well, uh, where video is, is definitely, a big thing. And, and also I see, and this may be something you want to think about. I don't know. Um, I've been seeing a lot of podcasters where they'll actually do a video and put it on YouTube and then yeah. take the audio and put that as the podcast as well. So you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. And that's what I um, also thought about, but I got a yep. good article that was arguing against it. Um, yep. I, I have to remind the, the single arguments, but um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But the, the thing is um, you can't use, um, every topic for for podcasting and um, what we're doing now would be hard to do on, on YouTube, I think, because nothing happens. Yeah, we are, we should have uh, um, put on the webcams so that people could see us, but just having the uh, audio waves on on sure. YouTube, yeah, um, absolutely, it's not helpful. The thing is, uh, for YouTube and blogging, you need your eyes. You you need to yeah take a look at the the screen of your whatever iPhone or mm -hmm. PC. But um, listening to podcasts, you can do anytime while riding yes. the bike or stuff. And yep. this is this is good for That's long, true. longer yeah. theoretical stuff or just conversations like this one. This Absolutely, is, this is why I love it. But uh, the stuff you're doing, I, I wouldn't want to see or listen to in a podcast. You you need the video for sure. Well, so I would say so. Some of the main videos we do, yes, but like the live streams, those I think lend itself more to like a podcast type. Uh, discussion, uh, or they can at least. Uh, I, I wouldn't say they all do, but um, uh, it's it's more that long live streaming is more uh, prone to longer form content. So uh, yeah, and I've I've loved doing the live streaming stuff. That's actually the our Saturday live streams are like the highlight of my week now. Do you, do you get nervous before the live stream? No, no, we don't we don't get nervous. Um, I there there were times where I do get nervous. Um, uh, you know, back when I was, uh, so, so the first time I ever did anything, uh, was the, uh, I said that I started doing, uh, technical conferences in 2008 at past summit. That was actually my first ever, like in front of an audience talking, mm -hmm. like from a technical perspective, I, I did some stuff when I was uh, in my teens, like with a youth group and whatnot. 
Uh, so that got me comfortable. Like audiences never really scared me necessarily just because I had some of that when I was growing up. And, but the first time I've did like a technical thing was, was that past summit. And I remember, uh, Bob Ward was the one that, uh, got me involved and he came up to me and said, Hey, you know, you ask a lot of great questions. Have you ever thought about, you know, doing a technical talk? And I was like, well, I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not opposed to it, but I've never, I didn't even necessarily know that was a thing. <laughs> like I've, I've just, you know, doing my work in the cube. And uh, so he's like, yeah, we have this uh, conference we do every year that we help out. The support team helps out with it's, it's called past summit. And we'd love to, you know, I'd love to get you involved in that if you want to do a talk. And I'm like, sure. And he's like, all right, go think about a topic. And at the time it was 2008. So I, I said, look, uh, there was a big re-architecture in reporting services. So I'll do a talk on the new 2008 architecture and like dive into like what it, what it does and how it works. He's like, awesome. And he's like, before, you know, typically when we start someone out with technical speaking, you know, we don't want to, we want to avoid some of the pressures of the main conference. So we like to start people out in this thing called a pre-conference. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, all right, so, so think about your topic. And I come back like three weeks later and I'm like, okay, so how long do I need to, is this like an hour, hour and a half? And he's like, oh, it's eight hours. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what did you, like, you just trolled me, didn't you? And he's like, a little bit. <laughs> he's like, I just, I didn't want to do it. So. And he's like, no, not a big deal. Just get someone to do it with you. And so I, uh, John Desch, uh, who was a guy that I worked with, um, he ended up doing a half of it on analysis services, and I did the other half on reporting services. So it was only four hours for me. Okay, uh, But Good. still, that was my first introduction to technical speaking, pre-conference, full day talk. And ever since then, that was one of those things, too, where he's like, yeah, you have the torch now. So until you can give it to someone else, you're doing the pre-conferences. So I did it for five years straight. Cool. And you're you're still a public speaker, so absolutely. And see. we love Patrick and I love doing pre conferences. Yeah, like we 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 actually we do a lot of those. That's, so. that's something you can see when you when you're yep. in front of people. So someone uh, there was an MVP we were talking to uh, where she asked us because a lot of folks in the community, uh, if you do a pre conference, you actually get paid for that. Um, and that's, that's why a lot of people do it because it helps pay their way to the conference and, and whatnot. Uh, as a Microsoft employee at a Microsoft sponsored event, you can't get paid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so all the pre-conferences we do, we just did it because we love doing it. And she was baffled by that. She's like, what? Like, why do you do a pre-con if you're not getting paid? We're like, oh, we love doing it. Cool. So, yeah. And, um, when I get that right, you're, you're, principal program manager at the cat team yes. right and um yep. you you got your youtube channel um but you told me i think a couple of weeks ago that you never went to college and almost flunked out of high school uh, yes. because you were basically not interested i hated and, school and that i i really hated school yeah and that everything you you know about computers and programming is, is self-taught right Yes. Yep. I built my first computer when I was 16 and th this is, you know, pre-internet days, right? So this was, oh, when was that? Uh, 16. So it was 1995, 96 timeframe. Um, and, uh, yeah, built my own computer. And then, uh, I, I was big on the IT side of the house for a while, a long while. Um, mm -hmm. so windows exchange, that kind of stuff. I actually started doing, technical support for Microsoft as a contractor when I was a senior in high school. So I was 17 and it was four hours or was it? it was three hours a day, Monday through Friday. Um, so I had the weekends off. I was home by like seven o'clock, seven 30 at night. Yeah. That was the best high school job ever. Um, and I was doing windows 95 support and uh, that I did that for like four and a half years. But I, so I actually, When I was uh, when I was in high school too, I was I was always big into computers, and I got into like desktop publishing, so graphic design, that kind of stuff. And uh, I was I used uh, this will this will be uh, this goes back in the day PageMaker. If anyone knows about that, um, not me. Uh, Adobe ended up buying that. It was Adobe PageMaker at the time, and so I was really big into that. I was I was part of the high school yearbook. I ended up winning a full scholarship for a graphic design school. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem was I was good on the computer side. I couldn't draw to save my life. I still can't. 
<laughs> and uh, so I get to that graphic design school. I actually went. So I, I guess technically I did go to, I mean, it's a, more of a trade school than college though. And uh, they said they would teach me how to draw. I get there and I'm like flunking immediately because they're asking me to draw. And they're like, no, just draw something simple like an eraser. And I'm like, all right, I drew a box. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know how to draw. <laughs> like, I told you that. This and so I ended here. up, yeah, yeah I, I quit and that and went back to doing the the uh, support for Windows. And and then uh, some friends of mine there got me into development. So coding, classic ASP, and uh, SQL. So this was SQL 7.0 and classic ASP doing just internal stuff for the call center. And uh, then I got some just regular developer jobs and then got into uh, Microsoft shortly after that in their web data team, uh, which is uh, where I started 15 years ago. And uh, yeah, I just never, I just always just taught myself. It was always, computers were always a passion. So that's Hmm. just where I went. And uh, technology is one of those things where I think experience plays heavily uh, where you don't necessarily need college degree um depending on what you do i mean if you have the experience and you build that up over time like you don't need you don't need a degree yeah i think that's, that's fine I, I know other folks in microsoft that are the same way they never went to college i think it's the same with matthew roach right i think i, I, re- uh, I read something on his blog maybe i i mixed that, that up, i actually but... don't know yeah. uh it would not surprise me <laughs> it would not surprise me uh, i think that's correct. um but yeah i don't because that's one of those things where like i don't even care like i like i don't know like if people has a, if they have a college degree if they don't it doesn't matter to me i don't i don't think about it um uh, what i care about is like look how are you like you know, are are you nice are you helpful and do you get your job done that's what i care about mm, how you treat people yeah. but i think it's it's a perfect example of intrinsic interest which is um, also for me more important than formal education. Yes, yes. Um, and my my wife and I have this debate. Uh, our, our kids are older; they're getting towards the college age. Uh, my oldest is fifteen. Uh, we're having to think about that, and she doesn't necessarily know what she wants. To do. She has some ideas for what she wants to do. Um, and and the other thing on the college side, like there are some fields where you have to go to college, right? So a doctor, lawyer, things of that nature. Um, hundred percent, like you have to. Yeah. And, uh, there are other fields where you don't. Uh, so like my oldest daughter, she's really big into drawing. She's very good at it. Um, and we've actually gotten her some equipment that help her, you know, take that forward. And we're, we're pushing her to get out of her comfort zone. And, uh, so she could easily take that drawing and make a career out of that on her own, uh, if she wanted to. And without going to school, right? Because that's something you could easily self-teach yourself and just practice it and become an expert at your craft. Um, so, but there's, she's also very interested in animals. She wants to be a zookeeper. And so that may be something where, hey, maybe she does go to school for that. I don't know. Hmm. And I've always been with my kids. I've always been like, look, it's, it's up to you. If you want to go to college, we will absolutely support you. Um, if you find a way to have a career uh, you know, where you're not working at McDonald's for the rest of your life, then awesome. Like you don't have to go to college and I'm, I never did. So you can absolutely do it. So our biggest thing is we want them to be successful and however they get there, uh, we will support them hundred hmm. percent. So um, it's, it's just that I've got an interesting perspective of you can do it without college. Um, but also you have to have some initiative to do it and uh, you have to, uh, and look, I, I will say that I'm by nature, I am a lazy person. <laughs> I will freely admit I am lazy. Yeah. Uh, and I don't always put a hundred percent into everything. And, uh, so I've, I've, yeah. So, uh, so I won't be the person telling you, you know, you have to be focused and going off on all this stuff. Cause I didn't necessarily do that. Um, so, uh, some of it came naturally. Uh, so that absolutely helps. Like if it doesn't come naturally, you're going to have to put more effort into it. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, uh, you can, you can do it. Yeah. You, you, you can absolutely to, do it. You have to find something you, you, you find interesting. You, you're intrinsic motivated 
and yes. uh, all the other stuff comes by itself. Yes. I think. I yes. know. I know you. You follow one guy I also admire, which is uh, Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yep. Yeah. And what he's always saying: your one thing you have in your side when you're young is your age. Um, yes. You you can take the next five years oh, man. and 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 experiment yes. uh, six month this topic, the uh, other six month another topic. And yep. try to find out what you're good at and what you like and what you dislike. Yeah. Uh, if I knew, if I knew, like when I was 25, what I know now, oh my lord. Yeah. Oh my lord. That would uh, that would be insane. Um. So and yeah. So it's there's there's a lot of stuff there where uh, like I look at my kids and the opportunities that they have in front of them. And look, I was there. I know I didn't take advantage of a lot of that stuff. Honestly, you know, like I didn't. Uh, you know, six years ago is when I started Guy in a Cube, right? So I was already in my 30s. And uh, so I I would say, I, even when I was in my 20s, I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about that stuff. Um, and that was a big, uh, that was a missed opportunity, right? Um, and so to, to be able to do that at their age, and I'm try, I try to talk to them, and, and obviously they see what I'm doing. They think it's really cool. Like they come upstairs and see the, they always bring their friends upstairs to show them the, the, my, my setup. And, you know, I've got the YouTube uh, silver play button plaque now. So they're like, oh, my gosh, your dad's a YouTuber. And uh, so so my kids have – they can at least see that aspect of it. Um, like my younger daughter, she, she'll watch the live stream that we do even though she doesn't care anything about Power BI. Cool. She just think it's – she thinks it's cool that her dad's on YouTube. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, our live stream setup, I mean, it's, it's pretty professional looking too. And she sees like the stream deck and the buttons and I can switch that. She's like, oh my gosh, that's like a real, that's like a real YouTube thing. And I'm like, yeah. So they get excited about that. Um, but uh, so, so then being able to see that and like, look, you can do this. Um, but uh, trying to keep them grounded also, I'm like, look, you know, you're, when you get out of high school or you get out of college right away, you're not going to have you know, whether the income or the, the ability to, to do, uh, you know, so everything I have now is because of the years of hard work that I put into it. Hmm. Um, this didn't happen overnight. Uh, and I, I also tell people that too, if they're starting a blog podcast or, or YouTube channel, I'm like, this is, this is a long-term play. And that's absolutely what Gary V talks about is like, you got to think the long-term, this is not a short-term thing. Yeah. Um, so it's all those little things. He's got a book called uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook. Hmm, I know. And uh, it's it's just that story of like you're doing all these little things and they add up to when you've got that, you can do the right hook and actually land, uh, you know, whether you're trying to sell something or you're you're trying to make a big thing and ask people to do it. You've done the work to get them to that point. So those all those pieces of content, the consistency that you put into it. Um so all of those things play in, and you you have to think long term. Don't think this doesn't happen overnight. Uh, so don't think like you're going to start doing this, and you know after my third blog post, I'm going to have ten thousand views. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Not to say it will never happen. There are some people that are extremely lucky. <laughs> uh, you know, things that go viral happen, and uh, I've seen some folks on YouTube where they just shot up overnight, or they had a connection of some kind going back to networking. Um, or they have some experience where it just catapulted them immediately. Um, I, I, the norm is not that, right? So you have to put in the work. It takes a long time. I remember on the guy in the cube side, I was what a year. So it took us, when did I hit a thousand subscribers? Uh, it took a year and a half before I hit a thousand subscribers, I think from when I started to where, you know, we said that in April, I, we hit a hundred thousand subscribers and as we're recording this, which is in, uh, the end of July is, you know, we're hitting 123,000, right? So in a few short months and, and looking at our projections, I'll actually hit 200,000 probably in or between March and June of, of 2021. So about a year after I hit a hundred thousand subscribers, I'm going to hit 200,000. And Whereas I, it took me a year and a half to hit a thousand subscribers, so it's like exponential growth. So you you gotta play that long term game. And, um, and I mean, and you just emphasize one ahead. thing at this point: we're not talking about makeup videos. This is mm -mm. such a small niche. Uh, yeah, this is know, a very small niche, and this is why one hundred thousand subscribers is really a lot. 
Yes. So, and there's, there are other YouTubers that are doing Power BI videos uh, that are actually larger than Guy in a Cube. Um, they're actually outside of the U.S., though. So, the two that I can think of off the top of my head are both Portuguese mm-hmm. uh, channels. And uh, in, uh, we will, Guy in a Cube will probably surpass them uh, within a year. Um, so, but, uh, those are, those are also very good opportunities for them though, because there's so few content out there for those native language items. So they've kind of cornered the market on that front. Hmm. So, and like we were talking about, you know, you're in Germany and, uh, you ended up learning English cause a lot of it is, is English based, but yeah. there are, um, you know, if you did a, a strictly German type uh, content. I mean, there's a there's a niche for that as well, right? So folks that want to learn it in German. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is why I split up my blog into two sections: the German mm-hmm. one, where I want to show business users how to use Power BI in German, but also the the English section where I want to connect to the uh, international community. And uh, it was a hard decision uh, how to deal with both languages. Uh, didn't, right. w- didn't want to have all the blog posts in both languages. That, right. Yeah. Didn't felt didn't feel good. And also, that's a lot of work too. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Even though there are um, automatic translation services, but that never yeah. that never sounds that's, good. Or that's never great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, go- going back to one thing you mentioned about you know I don't do makeup videos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the maybe you should. What's funny. Is so so. I said that I, I love video production. I, I like gear, and I've I've learned a lot about how to do video production. Um, so when it comes to like camera settings and color grading and uh, all of those elements, you know how to use After Effects, how to use uh, Premiere Pro, um, how to how to do lighting and audio. Those are those are big with video, right? And uh, I like going back to Brent Ozark, and he and I have talked a lot about this and. And he made a comment to me about like, man, your lighting that you have for your setup is really great. And so uh, what got me to that 1,000 subscriber uh, was I went through, uh, I, I signed up for a course where there were like 20 YouTube creators with a YouTube certified professional. And uh, we spent 10 weeks going through stuff. And part of the homework as part of that 10-week uh thing was we had to go watch other YouTube channels and dissect them and figure out what they're doing from thumbnails to titles to lighting to, you know, video to content to personality. And I watched so many different YouTube channels and and they forced us, okay, whatever you looked at in week one, you can't look at that same genre. So you have to pick a different genre to go look at. So if we looked, if I looked at tech videos the next week, I couldn't look at anything tech related. It had to be something else. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was done with that, my, my recommended videos on YouTube, there was a lot of makeup videos that were being recommended to me. And it was very <laughs> weird. Uh, but the reason for that is I watched a lot of the makeup uh, videos uh, because they have, they pay so much attention to lighting hmm. that they're very good at it. And most of them have like behind the scenes videos of how they have their studio set up or how they edit videos and how they set up lighting. And so I watched a ton of that and I started getting all these makeup recommendations and it wasn't because of the makeup. Yeah. Um, and so, but like I, I had to teach myself all of that. And then the other thing with, with going back to the brand piece of this is I had to teach myself marketing. Like how do you do marketing? And what are those things? And uh, some of that came, some of that's from different sources. Uh, Gary Vee is one of those as well, where he really preaches being native to the platform that you're on, whether it's Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever. Um, but then understanding like how to, how to do that, how to do titles, how to do thumbnails, how to capture emotion. And those are things I still work on today. I'm, I'm not going to claim to be perfect, but uh, there, I can definitely see in the numbers that we get on the videos, I know what trends and what doesn't trend. And I can see like the things that I try, I can see the effect on that based on the numbers. And it, it's easy for me now because we have the numbers. Uh, this was very hard for me when I only had a thousand subscribers and my views were not a lot. Hmm. Whereas now with over a hundred thousand subscribers and the, the amount of views that we get, I can see like what's working well and what doesn't. Like I know uh, like, like the roundup videos, uh, I did a live stream for that the other day and I was telling them, I'm like, look, our roundup videos, those, those are the, the ones that get the least amount of views. 
out of all of our videos. Do you know why? And I, I know absolutely why, because it's a news roundup, right? So there's not necessarily value there for as many people as there are for specific tech videos, right? So if we do a video on a given tech item, like, hey, how to use buttons and uh, bookmarks inside of Power BI, there's mm. value there for someone, which is why someone watches your video. People are selfish, right? Yeah. Or why they listen to a podcast. They're selfish. They want to get value out of that. And so if you're not targeting value for them, they're not going to watch or yeah. they're not going to listen. And so the roundup videos, it's, it's valuable for some people because they want to stay up to date on what's going on. Uh, but it's not everyone, right? And it's a smaller subsection than the tech videos themselves. Yeah, and I guess so, many, many, and I, many and people I get are Googling uh, because they want to solve problems. Right. Which is not possible yes, with Because I Because in my video, my tech videos, I can target the question that they're asking. Hmm. Yeah, you, you said Google, but we know everyone uses Bing. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, like, what's the question that you go into? And also, you know, people also ask me, like, why did you do YouTube? Um, and I'm like, okay, well, if you have a question, where do you go to ask it? Like, oh, I'm like, and a lot of people, they go right to YouTube and ask the question. Yeah. And so that's why I'm on YouTube. It's the, it's the second largest search engine in the world hmm. next to Google. And it's got, what, 2 billion eyes that look at it. So it's a massive audience. So, yep. So it's all marketing. Yeah. Was it, it seems to be a good decision, uh, which you took a yep. couple of years ago. I got some flack for it in the beginning as well, because at the time, I don't know if folks remember, I think it was called Office Mix, where they were trying to do this video thing inside of Office, and because mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I was Microsoft, and on the support side, people were actually getting on to me. They're like, "Well, why aren't you using Office Mix? You can't use YouTube, and because it's a it's a competitor." And I'm like, "Okay, well, Microsoft doesn't have a good answer to YouTube. Um, we don't." Uh, and so I was like, look, so for a, for a short period, I was cross posting. So I put the video on office mix to silence the people that were not happy with me. Mm -hmm. And I'd also posted on YouTube. All of my actual marketing was completely, I didn't care about office mix. All of my marketing was focused on the YouTube piece of it. YouTube was the central piece of my brand. Everything kind of wrapped around it. And I, I still look at it that way today. And, uh, and then it got to the point where the videos that I was producing, because I was upgrading my cameras, upgrading my gear to where I broke Office Mix. <laughs> it, like, it just didn't work because my video files were so big because uh, the, the content was such good quality that it was like, yeah, I, I just stopped using Office Mix. It capped out, I think, at like a 500 meg video file. And most of my video files now are anywhere from one to three gig. Yeah, with the camera size, you so. use, I'm not surprised. Yep. yep. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, the output of them, it's, uh, we're doing 1080p at 30 frames a second. So I, I record sometimes at 4K, but it's always 1080p. Okay. So. Yep. You, so, yeah, I broke Office Mix. You you already mentioned, um, if I knew what I knew today with uh, my in my mid-20s, um, if you could go <laughs> back 10 years into the past and teach your younger self one single piece of advice, do you know what it would be? Hundred percent. Start YouTube now. <laughs> so yeah. YouTube came about, I think, right at like two thousand four ish, and so ten years ago would have been twenty ten. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, start YouTube now, like don't wait. Uh, so because I didn't start till twenty fourteen, so I would have I would have loved to start earlier than that. Yeah. So well, yeah. in in, in uh, twenty ten, you you could have uh, shown videos about Power Pivot in the very early. Yep. Very yep. early days. Well, and so even back then, like the things I were doing were mostly centered around SQL connectivity. I did have a lot of reporting services uh, experience as well. And so I could have easily turned all of that into, um, I, I could have started, because I was already doing public speaking like and putting together sessions and stuff for conferences by that point. Mm -hmm. And so I could have easily started just doing, like when I started Guy in a Cube, the whole point of the video and what I was blogging was actually the summary of the customer case that I was working on. So I was I was a firm believer in one to many. I wanted my whole goal was to prevent getting that case on the support side. Right? Cuz typically a lot of the cases we got was the same thing over and over, right? So it's not like it wasn't some new and interesting deep thing. It was like all right, how do you 
how do you go fix this one error? It's like, oh, you got to go do this. And I do that like hundreds of times. So so my idea for blogging at that time was get the blog out there. So I, at, whenever we closed the support case, we had to write up a summary to the customer. Say, look, this was the issue you called in on. These were the things that we did, and this was the final resolution to the case. Mm. And so my my thinking was like, well, why not just do a blog post and then in the summary email, just point them to the blog, right? And say, hey, here's all the information. Obviously, we don't have customer information in there. It's anonymized. It's like a you know a reproduction of what the issue was. Yeah. But I'm like, here's here's what it was, and here's how we fixed it. And I actually had customers tell me like, thank you for doing a blog post on that. Um, and then people would find that also and, and go. And so when I started doing the videos as well, that was the stance. I was initially, it was like, look, this was the customer scenario that we got um, from the support side. Here's how this works. And so uh, I could have easily had done that in 2010. Now, I don't know what the gear situation looked like at that point <laughs> to know like how much more complicated that would be. Obviously, we didn't have great uh, camera. Qu- you would have had to use like some of the, the old camcorder stuff and I don't know how editing would have been. Um, so, yeah, uh, but, but yeah, you, absolutely. You said it yourself, content first, quality yep. second. Yep, yep, absolutely. I see so many people, even today, where they're like, oh, I'm trying to get this out, but it's not quite ready. It's not not quite right. And I'm like, who cares? Just get it out there. I'm like, move on to the next thing. You'll you'll build that up as you go. I remember we, uh, in, I, I struggled with this. Patrick struggled with it, where... Um, uh, there was one point when I was doing videos where people would say, uh, look, your hands are really distracting at the point where I was moving my hands around a lot. Uh, and even looking back on it, uh, they're right. And, uh, typically what I would do to, you know, fix something like I wouldn't not post a video because of that. Uh, so usually I would pick one thing to work on and then I'd work on it for like three to four weeks. So the hand thing, what I did was for like three weeks, I sat on my hands <laughs> and good, forced myself not to use my hands in the video. Yeah. And uh, I, by the end of that now, my my hand movement, I, I think more about my hand movements and try and get them to be more intentional uh, and not as distracting. And since then, I, I haven't, maybe they are still distracting. I don't know. Nobody's complained about it, though. Um, and then Patrick had the same issue. <laughs> and I told him, like, dude, sit on your hands for three weeks. <laughs> So, and, uh, and, you know, so we, we work on those things, but we don't let that stop us from putting out the content. Yeah. Right. So, um, that's the other thing about, uh, going back to telling people to, you know, put your face in the video. One of the thing you get, uh, I've, I've heard comments from people, oh, I don't like watching myself. I'm like, yeah, why is that? Well, because it's, you know, either I just, they just don't like it or whatnot, but editing videos and we've done over 600 videos now, maybe more, I don't know. Um, and editing all of those videos, I, I learn all of my ticks, like when I'm speaking or like, like what my eye movements, one of the big things I had to deal with was smiling. Um, so I just didn't smile. I thought I was smiling, but when I'm looking at the video, I'm like, Oh, I wasn't. And so now I know, like, I know how to feel like if I'm smiling or not. Mm. And, and a lot of times I have to, I have to force it. Uh, but I can absolutely feel like where I'm smiling and when I'm not. Um, and it comes across on the video. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so that was one thing I had to work on. But because of the video aspect of it, I could see it. So, yep. That's, uh, so you, you learn all your tics. And, and that translated also to when I'm doing public speaking at an event, it translates 100% to that yeah, as well. Sure. So it made me a better public speaker as well. Yeah, um, can imagine. So, yeah. Yeah, so video, YouTube earlier. Cool. Absolutely. Long, long story. I, I, I recorded, I think, two or three videos, and I really didn't like it. I love seeing, <laughs> I, I love seeing videos, uh, but I don't love uh, cutting them and, and doing the post-production. That's a lot of work. That, this, yeah. Editing the video is like 80% of my workload mm, is yeah. editing. Um, for for podcasting, it's it's um, almost the same. Uh, when we are finished here, I will do the post production. It will, it will yep. take some time, and I will take a look at all the waves, sound waves we have here, and and mm-hmm. doing the post production thing. But um, it's it's a different thing with video. It takes well when more. you when you slice audio, uh, you don't in video you get jump cuts, and mm-hmm. you can tell when the cut was made. In audio, you can hide that a little bit. Yeah, or it's easier to hide it than it is in video. Hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, Adam. I think you've answered all my questions. <laughs> is is there still something you wanted to say to our audience? No, I would I mean the the biggest thing I will tell folks, I'm I'm very passionate about uh the branding piece and giving back the one to many. Uh, so I, I always just encourage folks to try and get involved in the community. Um, I, I know we're in a weird uh, time period right now. Yeah. Um, uh, for those listening in the future, it's 2020 and everybody I think hates 2020 right now. Um, and so in a, in a perfect world, like get involved in your local user groups, get involved uh, in conferences, speaking, uh Try and produce content. Try and share things with other people, uh, and and build build and take part of a community. Um, I, I think it's it's incredibly important. It can absolutely help your career and just help you personally. Uh, to where I would I would just encourage people to do that. Yeah, hundred percent agree. These are great great final words. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. So I, I know you're a busy man. I know how long it took to um, get this podcast finally done. So oh, no worries. Th thank you very much for taking the time and uh, to speak so openly. So stay healthy in these crazy days. Um, you too. And for uh, those of you out there listening to us, um, thanks for your interest. I wish you a wonderful time until we uh, meet uh, in my next episode. Stay healthy. And uh, thanks and goodbye from Hamburg. Lars.